Hi listeners, I'm Irene Barton, Executive Director of the Cobb Collaborative, and I welcome you to Mind Your Mind Speaks. This is a podcast series that brings together subject matter experts, community leaders, and local stakeholders to raise awareness, share resources, and inspire action through recorded conversations about the collaborative's focus areas. Today, we are delighted to welcome Dr. Allison Garafino to our program. Dr. Garafino is a graduate of the University of Pittsburgh and earned her PhD in clinical psychology from the State University of New York at Buffalo. She's a research scholar in the Dean's Office of the Wellstar College of Health and Human Services at KSU and is also a part-time assistant professor there. She is the recipient of the Part-Time Distinguished Teaching Award three years in a row. She's also the 2017 recipient of the Part-Time Distinguished Teaching Award for the College of Humanities and Social Sciences. She appreciates her mentor, Dr. William Pelham Jr., who developed a state-of-the-art summer treatment program for children and adolescents diagnosed with ADHD. She served as the clinical director of the program at the Center for Children and Families in Buffalo. Dr. Garafino has also led many parenting strategy workshops and helped develop and implement school-wide behavioral interventions. She's the clinical director of the Children and Families Program at the Wellstar College of Health and Human Services. Her clinical and research interests include trauma-informed care and resiliency training, as well as increasing the dissemination and effectiveness of behavioral interventions for the treatment of disruptive behavior disorders across multiple settings. Other areas include promoting the health and well being of student parents, pre service teachers, and emerging mental health professionals. Wow, Dr. Garafino, Dr. G, what an impressive biography. Um, but before we get started into more conversation, is there anything else you'd like to add to that? Thank you so much for having me, Irene. No, I think you covered all of it. Thank you so much for that introduction. Well, it's a very impressive resume. And while we have had the pleasure of working together for several years now, I learned a couple of things about you. Congratulations on your awards um, about distinguished teaching. I'm not surprised and I can say it's well-deserved, but again, congratulations. Thank you. That's a big part of that one line about disseminating this work any way, shape, or form. I love teaching, and I love those aha moments with whoever I get a chance to have that with. (laughs) Well, wonderful. Well, um, again, thank you for all that you do for not only the KSU community, but in fact, the entire Cobb County community. And thank you for joining our show. So let's talk about your work with the children and family program where you serve as the clinical director. I know that you are passionate about that. Can you tell us a little bit more about the program and what you offer through the children and families program at KSU? Sure, I'd be happy to. And you just mentioned my love of teaching. What happened when I first joined KSU in 2009 as a part-time faculty member, I was describing my work that I had experienced as a grad student at SUNY Buffalo. And I talked about my research and how fantastic the dissemination and implementation of those behavioral interventions were that we got to do in Buffalo public schools. 
and I presented the data to the students to show them in real time what sort of interventions we were using and how effective they were. I started having fantastic KSU students come up to me during the semester saying, can I please join your lab? Can I please do this work with you? But as a part-timer, I had no lab, lab space or any graduate students. And what I realized was, well, gosh, how can I bring that to KSU? There's nothing like that here. My experience with the Center for Children and Families at UB trained me in this research scientist practitioner model. So of course I wanted to train them in implementing as well, not just hearing about it, and telling them about it, but show them how to do it so then they can go on to actually implement it. Um, so it started by having a couple of fantastic undergraduate teaching assistants. And when I started working with them, I realized I could open a lab space here at KSU. I worked with the great folks in the um, psychological services um, department and social psychology um, department at KSU. And Dr. Nader John was one of the folks I worked with and I asked him, could I create the children and family programs and make it an internship site for undergraduates where I would train them in these behavioral interventions and then offer it to the community. So that's sort of how I did it. And then what we were then able to offer and what grew from that tiny seed of a couple of motivated students wanting more information is now we offer social skills groups and supports to kids in the community. We um, train parents in those same strategies that I teach the undergraduate and graduate students. And then we also work with teachers and administrators across Cobb County, training them in those same strategies. And by combining reaching out to kids, parents, and school systems, those are the three evidence-based areas that kids need support in that is effective long-term to support these kids who are underserved for things like behavioral concerns, social concerns, and academic concerns. So we're able to hit all of the key points. That is that is so great because I know in some of our other work, you know, we always talk about pouring everything into the classroom, pouring into the students and supporting them while they're within the school walls, which is important. We school needs to be a safe place and a place where children can recover from anything that has or is happening at home and in the community, but then we also need to equip them as well as child-facing adults in their home and in the community to be able to support them, address behavior so that everyone is using a common language, right? Exactly, and if our schools are safe, stable, predictable environments, then kids are ready and open for positive relationships, which we know are buffers against so much concerns or trauma or experiences our kids might be having, and then more open um, to academics and, and more stable and ready to learn. Um, so it is great work. Yeah. And then it um, ultimately leads to all of those improved outcomes that we want, right? Children staying in school on track to graduate and then having choices about their post-secondary, whether that's college, career, military, technical school, and then becoming engaged residents in their community. So. Exactly, that's what I love so much about my work, regardless of where any of these academic or social relationship um, or behavioral concerns come from, regardless of that, these same strategies and supports help them, support them and buffer them against those, putting them on that path, like you said, um, truancy, 
goes down, tardiness goes down, which is a big one for Cobb, and academic achievement goes up. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, and you mentioned your lab it started with just a couple of students. And now I've had the pleasure of coming and bringing some evidence-based trainings to your lab, but you recruit for a year and you have both undergrad and usually a couple of grad students as well, right? Correct. So we're very excited that we accept undergraduate interns and train them in these services. And some of them stay for one semester or they'll stay for two semesters. And then we work with first year uh, masters of social work students. They can be placed with the children and family programs and they stay all year. And then in addition, um, as I write grants and get funding, I can hire graduate research assistants and I accept them from all over the university. Um, And so we get to promote them as well. So I've had the pleasure of having a student begin with me as a TA, move on to an undergraduate um, intern, Mm -hmm. then apply to grad school, become an MSW. Then they were my first year MSW. Their second year, I hired them as a GRA. And now they're working as a clinical grant manager with us. Um, (laughs) So we've had the whole life cycle. Yeah. So you've really seen them grow up because I can attest that uh, (laughs) there is a lot of change from someone from, say, 18 years of age to 22 or 23 uh, years old. A lot of maturity happens, um, sometimes not in every single aspect, but. (laughs) Right. And that's and that's why I'm always learning from them. I so Mm -hmm. appreciate that I get to work with those students. And through the years, there's been changes. And I've appreciated them and learned from them just as much as I hope they learned from me. Oh, um, I have no doubt. <laughs> so um, Dr. G or um, Allie, I'm just going to call you of Allie. <laughs> um, we've, we've talked about students. We've talked about parents. We've talked about um, adults in the community and sort of the uh, phrase, if, if you will, of that, we, we call that two-generational work or two-gen. And right. your student parent program at KSU is really a standard bearer in this work. Um, I know you've been um, the recipient of some grant opportunities as well as programmatic opportunities. So can you talk a little bit more about what does 2Gen look like for you? How do you describe it to people? And then how does that look in your lab? I know. So I'm so glad you asked that because earlier when I mentioned that we work with kids. And if you work with kids, you work with the adults in their lives. So our work has always surrounded for my entire academic career, working with the adults and kids' lives. Those are going to be parents, teachers, camp counselors, after-school staff, all sorts of individuals passionate about helping and working with kids. And so our work already at the Children and Family Programs was all of these areas of a kid's life. Then um, a call came out from the Department of Early Care and Learning where it was requesting applications for programs that did this two-gen work, like you said. And so I read the call and it said, we're looking for programs. It could in particularly be um, on university campuses where they worked with students who are parenting right now and raising kids and what kind of programs do you have supporting them? And I already had all those programs in place, but had never had the opportunity to offer it to the KSU students um, at no cost. Mm. Then in addition, the call mentioned 
this two gen phrase. And I thought to myself, okay, I've been doing that my entire career. What else do they mean by two gen? And they said, we also want to support kids in early childhood education and their parents who might not have even thought of, hey, can I have this trajectory that would um, allow me to go to either technical college or college or university? How do we help those families? And then as I was writing the proposal, I realized, obviously, Irene Barton would be the perfect community partner to go in on this grant. And I was very grateful for your partnership because you helped make that link in what they call the pipeline from a child in um, like a Head Start program and those parents and then working their way through elementary, um, middle, high school, and then post-secondary and working with those teachers that help support those kids all along that path. And then post-secondary is my end where I had access to um, KSU students who are parenting. So this two-gen call came out at just the right time where my lab was strong. We were offering this all to the community. Um, we put in this application. I believe it was, well, I know it was very early 2020, and then we were mm -hmm. awarded it, and then lockdown happened. But what was fantastic about our work is we were able to pivot immediately to online offer behavioral parent training strategy sessions for KSU student parents, still allow the internship program training these emerging professionals in these best practices. You were still able to come on board and train us in things like the community resiliency model, um, mm -hmm. Connections Matter. Um, now you've even added Darkness to Light and um, a parent-based version of uh, community resiliency model we're looking forward to. And we were able to do all that work at just the right time where we were able to give our student parents exactly the support they needed when they were stressed out the most. Because if it, any of you, I'm sorry to remind you, um, were home working while trying to educate your children and working full-time or going to school full-time, we were able to start offering those support services to KSU student parents. And I'm so forever grateful for that. It has opened the door to helping um, more of the university uh, community, as well as those teachers who serve those kiddos. Absolutely. And while we know that there are student parents at all campuses, I think KSU just won by sheer um, result of its size, has a mm -hmm. large population, and by result of the way that KSU came into being initially as a commuter school when we first moved to Cobb County 31 years ago, that's what KSU was. And so you've always had, a, um, I think, a higher percentage of non-traditional, I'm putting that in air quotes, um, um, students. And so you have large numbers of students who are um, perhaps working full-time, definitely part-time, going to school full or part-time, and parenting, which we all know is a full-time job. Sure. We have over 40,000 undergraduates and graduate students here at KSU, and if it's anything like the national average, one in four may be uh, parenting right now. And I am thrilled to say that we'll be um, sending out a survey to all of our students, our alumni, and our faculty and staff looking at student success. Excuse me, how can we better support them and how many of them are student parents? Uh, wonderful. Well, I know that that will give you all some really valuable feedback to not only look at your past 
successes and what you've been able to do, but also help to craft programming going forward. Because you, because you are such a standard bearer in this, you're not only doing this at KSU, you've been asked by DECAL and I think some other state officials to bring this to other campuses and specifically some technical college campuses in the Northwest Georgia region, if I'm correct. At KSU and with the support of my Dean, Monica Swan, we are on track and have an ultimate goal of being the gold standard for the University System of Georgia wow. of how to be a family-friendly campus. And you're right, we partnered with Georgia Northwest Technical College um, through their grant with DECAL, and we're able to offer our same support and strategies to those students as well. And we've been thrilled with that collaboration. Ah, so, so wonderful that other folks are getting the same sort of support that KSU OWLs are receiving from you and, and your team. Well, Allie, um, we've also worked together on other phases of 2Gen work, and that involves Resilient Georgia. So I'd love for our listeners to learn a little bit more about what we're doing there. Can you talk about that? Of course. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, because again, like I said, the areas of support we know kiddos need are um, helping the kids, helping the adults and parents' lives, but then also the schools is um a fantastic area to offer support. So through our partnership again with you and then with a grant opportunity through Resilient Georgia, we've been able to bring our resources, sources, and support into uh, the campus of Cobb County Schools. So right now we've been in um, Hollydale and we are also working at Dowell Elementary and soon we'll be in Duas Elementary as well where we're offering trauma-informed supports to the teachers um, and training them in how to identify behaviors that might actually be coming from stress and distress for our kiddos. And then how can you best support those kids in your classroom with real practical strategies they can start doing day one after we've left. So one thing about the work um, I try to always impart into the professional development I do or workshops is a real clear understanding that I don't want this to be a one-off for any participant. And Resilient Georgia allows us to come in, do the training, do the workshop, but then we stay all year and mm -hmm. we say, we're your resource, please use us. What more do you need? So for example, at one of the schools, we went in with more of this trauma-informed care. What is it? All of our kids have just experienced an adverse childhood experience. They have experienced yeah. COVID. Mm -hmm. And like others, um, they experienced this storm in very different ships and boats. Yeah. And so what does that then look like? And so we talk to teachers about that. And here's how we support and protect those kids, create a stable, safe, safe environment where you can provide positivity. And that alone will help those kids, um, regardless of how they experienced it. After we left training all of those teachers, I talked to admin and said, what would you like next? Mm -hmm. After we left that training, we always debrief with admin and we asked, hey, how did that go? What's the feedback for us? And they said, we loved that talk. It was fantastic. But we feel that some of our teachers still don't get that they themselves have experienced trauma. Mm -hmm. They themselves probably had challenges 
as children that they overcame. And so the next time we're out at some of the schools, we're going to be doing um, workshops that allow space for empathy to be increased with our teachers, with our kids, and a reminder that we have overcome so much. And Mm -hmm. what were the strategies that helped us? Hey, we can do that for our kids as well. Mm -hmm. Managing secondary traumatic stress is definitely a piece of our trauma-informed work and our joint trauma-informed work. Um, Also mindful self-compassion to help those child-serving adults be kind with themselves to acknowledge what they might have gone through either in their childhood or more recently with the pandemic and then position themselves to be able to um, fulfill their, you know, their passions, um, which is teaching and helping to support young children with, um, with everything, with all of the assets that they can normally bring to that work. So. Exactly. You said it much more eloquently than I did. No, no not, not at all. So, but it's, um, it's so great. Like just as you know, your program says you're not only supporting um, children, student parents, but also really any child serving adults in, in the community so that we can develop that common language around trauma and resiliency mm-hmm. um, and really self-determination on the kind of life you want to lead. Right. And if I may, um, in addition to this two-gen work and trying to make it part of everything we do, I'm thrilled that we've expanded to a partnership with Bagwell College of Education and boosting out-of-school time and doing after-school work and care for kids in Cobb County as well, and with Marietta City Schools. And what's most exciting about that for me Of course, it's fantastic. These kids, these individual children that we're supporting and we're getting nice um, increases in their reading inventory um, scores is that we're working with these emerging professionals. So these emerging social workers, these emerging teachers before they get into this classroom are already equipped with these tools. um, So that doesn't seem like a professional development one-off. It really is just integrated into all the work they will now do for the rest of their career. And I'm thrilled with that part. Oh, I am too. And Allie, as you were sharing that with me, I was thinking just earlier this week, I participated in Cobb Douglas Public Health's um, revealing of their CHAW, Community Health Assessment, and Mm -hmm. um, um, mental health, adolescent mental health, um, access to education and healthcare are all identified as priorities in, in the CHA. And so what you're doing mm-hmm. is definitely supporting those priorities as well as addressing the needs that exist in our community. So I'm just so thrilled to have the partnership with you and the support of my college that we're here poised to be doing this great work. Um, and as you mentioned, my mentor, Dr. Bill Pelham, he was, is one of the leading researchers of this kind of work. And so I always check in with my colleagues around the country and say, is the work we're doing still cutting edge, still the best? And the answer is yes. And I am so thrilled that we have this here in Cobb County. And now our projects are allowing us to get to the more rural counties as well. So I'm excited to see where this will go. Oh, me, me too. Me too. Well, Allie, as our time together draws to a close, is there anything that we didn't talk about that you wanted to share? 
Um, I think just to thank you again for the partnership. I think that I'd be remiss if I didn't mention how much more elevated my work is because of you and uh-huh. the how generous you are with your time, with your expertise, your training and your connections that you've allowed me to leverage that work exponentially. And I'm just thrilled for that. And if anybody is interested in our programs to please certainly reach out childrenandfamilyprograms.org. Or if you have questions or concerns about your kids, if we can't help um, answer them, I will get you in touch with folks who can. And if you have any questions, please reach out. That's such a valuable resource. Thank you, Allie. We will drop that in the show notes. So be prepared for your (laughs) website hits and perhaps your email (laughs) to explode. But truly, thank you for offering that to the community. Because so many people really do struggle, um, you know, with, with questions and accessing information. And sometimes it's a whole lot better to talk to someone than just Um, Google yourself into a frenzy, right? (laughs) Sure, of course. No, I appreciate that. We're happy to do it. Well, Allie, Dr. Garofino, we thank you so much for joining us today. And listeners, thank you for tuning in. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. So please take a moment to subscribe to Mind Your Mind Speaks. And while you're at it, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And please plan to join us next time as we empower and engage our community through recorded conversations about critical issues. Until next time, please stay well and remember there is no health without mental health.